0: Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Do I Still Love It? The podcast that would probably still be worth something if it was mint in box. Uh, I'm your host, Marshall James. And I'm Sean George. That's right. This week, uh, we got a special guy's night of Do I Still Love It? Because Laura Weiss is traveling uh, for work. And it's a night for the boys. Yeah, so we've asked a friend of the show and constant guest, uh, Sean George, to fill in Laura's size 8s. I, it's,
1: it's a big, big set of shoes to fill, size (laughs) 8s. And, uh, Laura, if you hear this wherever you are, I hope I do you proud.
0: (laughs) And, uh, tonight we, uh, oh, so, uh. You're listening to Do I Still Love It, which is a podcast where every week, uh, myself, along with my co-host, invite a guest over to watch a movie or a TV show that they loved when they were kids to see whether or not it was crap, or whether or not it was great. Or Uh, great crap. Or great crap. And the guy to come over and observe whether or not we are watching great crap is comedic actor Raul Garcia. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Raul Garcia in what's, what's up? I I don't really speak like that, but it's a pleasure to be here, Marshall, man. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought me by.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad that you came by. Uh, we kind of threw this recording together at the last minute. So thank you, both of you, for coming on and doing the first official all-male edition of Do I Still Love It? I think it's time. Yeah, and uh, this what, is dude-tacular, man. What, I love it. I love every bit of it. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Well, in what movie would be better to celebrate masculinity than a movie starring a guy whose name is He Man? That's right. And we are watching 1987's Masters of the Universe. <laughs> I mean, how can it get more masculine? Stuff? It can't. I mean, unless he's
2: testicle
1: man, it's just like it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's really really. It's it's, uh, as
0: dude as you can get. Yeah. It, you know? it,
1: over the top isn't even as masculine.
0: Right as He-Man, or Masters of the Universe. Sorry. The only way you could get more masculine if his name was Man-Man. Yeah. With all the powers of a man. <laughs> <laughs> and none of the weaknesses. Uh, yes. He's a man, man. <laughs> so on the show, we always like to ask our guest, Raul, what do you remember Masters of the Universe being about?
2: To be completely honest, I don't remember much in the way of plot. Uh, I remember Dolph Lundgren uh, not having... Not the traditional uh, like He-Man Bob haircut. Like right. he had like the spiky sort of Ivan like Ivan Drago like yeah. going on, and uh, but slightly more grown out. And uh, I remember Skeletor not nearly looking what I would hope he would have looked like. But he's still kind of sassy, though,
1: I remember. Like, Skeletor's still got a bit of sass to him. I don't remember, personality-wise, anything about Skeletor,
0: to be completely honest. Now, what I wonder is whether or not Skeletor's going to talk with his Skeletor voice. (laughs) Because, I I mean, now, thanks to the internet, we've all gotten to, like, revisit uh, little bits and pieces of the most ridiculous parts of the He-Man cartoon show, where he man Skeletor sounded like this, you know? Which, like, thankfully we've heard echoes of him now, and because I'm sure the monarch
1: the, is a yeah. yeah.
0: I'm sure it was the same voice actor who was also Cobra Commander. Like, oh for sure. Just if you were a villain in a toy based TV series, they, they for the called up Ricky.
1: They were like, hey man, we have got another villain. We need you to play.
0: Fantastic. Is it a toy? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's it's a toy based. How
0: evil does it look?
1: Uh, well, you well you're a snake man underneath a tinfoil shield. Perfect! <laughs> oh, man. I, like, it's. I, to be honest, I'm talking about He-Man before,
2: these are memories I haven't re- revisited in a long time, but I remember I had my first klepto moment as a child for over, it, like, a He-Man toy object. There was, uh, so the, um, <laughs> this is, this poor kid, like, he's probably going to find me to this day, and still, still want his, his, his sword back. But, uh, so, dude, like, um... So, when uh, Prince Adam had a purple sword, right, and then He-Man had a gray one, like yeah. in the toy version, yeah. right? Sure. So, I remember we would all put our toys in this toy chest, right? And then afterwards I saw, I was like, ooh, and I was looking, I was like, oh, God, I don't have this one, right? And I knew it was wrong, and I still did it anyway, oh, right? About think, how
0: old were you at this time? Do I think
2: remember? I was, oh God, what was that? That was preschool, <laughs> and
1: so uh, yeah, yeah, that was I, pretty... I feel like He-Man toys Specifically, belong in a toy chest. Like, yeah. If you open any toy chest, and I mean a true toy chest of a child of the '80s, there will be like a broken uh, man at arms or a, like
0: broken He-Man toys. It's, right. It's just inevitable. There's a Beast Man yeah. entangled with a Leonardo mm-hmm. and a, and a, like a Chitara yeah. like action and figure and
1: like the leg of a of a Voltron cat.
2: There's a Moss Man w- w- that has been like like
1: petted down to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I had the mo- I had Moss Man too. Yeah, yeah there's just patches of the monster. Just he's he's got bald spots. I don't like even all know what made. was he a it, 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 he man character? It, it, he had uh like a velvet cover, like a like a velour sort
0: of coating all over him. <laughs> so Raul, what um what was like your relationship to the He-Man universe, the cartoon and the and the movie as like a a little kid? Like how big of a fan of the He-Man properties were you? Oh, I was a gigantic fan.
2: I had uh, I had quite a bit. I had um I mean, I I definitely had a, a He-Man, a Skeletor. I had a Panther, um, like a you know Rodecaf. that he, he he. I'm sorry. Oh no no
1: no! no you're right. Battle cat. Battle cat. But what was his name? No, Cringer, Skeletor's, no oh. Skeletor's. Oh. Like he had like a like
0: a panther that he wrote on. Yeah, but I don't think oh.
1: that that guy
0: got a name.
1: Yeah, you oh, probably. Have.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure. There's right now there are people about to tweet at me, listening to this, going like, guys, how do you not remember how do you not Skeletor's?
1: <laughs> you knew Cringer and Battle Cat, but you couldn't remember insert Skeletor's cat's name. Oh, but I did have a Castle Grey Skull that I had. um... I do
0: right. you remember
2: those? There were. um there were little vehicles where you went and you had, like, a string and you pulled it, and oh, then they... So they no, you'd, like, you'd rip, they were like zipper rippers. Just yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they would take off, yeah. So I, I believe I had one of those. But I used to watch the cartoon, like, every morning, man. Like, or I always did it in the afternoon. I can't remember when, when it came
0: Probably from. both. I yeah. believe it was the afternoon, but... <laughs> so uh, And so, Sean, what was your relationship <laughs> like with He-Man he- as He-Man, a wee boy? See, this it's on the edge
1: of, of my... I played with the toys. My cousins really liked uh, He-Man. My sister actually uh, was very much into She-Ra, mm-hmm. so at, by extension, I was into He-Man. Um, so I, it was more about the toys. Uh, and then Masters of the Universe came out, and I. And this is you know I was very young, so this is all secondhand knowledge. But apparently, as a young boy, I flipped out. I had to see this movie. This movie in Terminator Two, mm-hmm. I had to see. I didn't care about it, like anything else. And to, you know, thinking back on it, like there's flashes of moments from this movie uh, that I'm really excited to see. Um, but also knowing what I know now as an adult and about canon films, I know we're in for a ride because <laughs> uh, uh, these are
0: the same guys that made Superman Four, guys. <laughs> so yeah. we are in. Tr- Trouble? <laughs> see, the interesting thing is, like like you guys, I was definitely part of, you know, the Thundercats, He-Man, Ninja Turtles, G.I. Yeah. Joe, like, the action figure commercials as uh, cartoons. Yeah. But I, the only things I really remember about the movie is I remember I was very young when it came out. I was only four when it came out, and I think we did see it in the theaters. Like, and right. I remember being terrified of Skeletor, but I think I was also confused because he's not a skeleton in this. He's like a man with a skeletal face. He just kind of took
1: Frank uh, Langella's face and Baby powdered it white, if I remember it right, and then did something to his nose.
0: Right, I think he yeah. it's some little prosthetic to make him yeah. look a little scully. Yeah, but like you know, this is before CGI, so they wouldn't have had like a CGI skeleton. Like if they were to the inevitable reboot, the I'm pretty sure that's reboot, of yeah. He-Man. Which I'm I'm
2: really wondering what they are waiting on.
1: I think I think though this movie does a little bit of, uh, if I remember right, they do try to like ground He Man because it it does come to.
0: Because he comes to Earth. He comes to Earth. And I think that was the other one I, I remember thinking, wait.
1: He comes to Earth from Eternia? Yeah,
0: Earth. I think a lot of this movie takes place on Earth, if I remember. And that was a thing that was also confusing to little me, because I was like, wait, where's all the action figure characters? Because I don't think, I feel like that's the other thing, is that they're... Anyway, we're speculating on a movie that we are about, to, about watch. to watch. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, won't you... Uh, Stop speculating and just watch with us as we watch 1987's Masters of the Universe. At
2: the far end of the universe, there is a planet ruled by a being of utter evil. And there is only one man who dares challenge him. They are locked in a battle to the death, a battle that will take them across the heavens. A battle that will finally be fought. I want the hunted down
0: and brought to me!
2: Across the face.
0: Police! Nobody move! Of course.
1: I think
2: I'm going to need some backup. Can you show us the way? Of course. No! Distant galaxy, they have come to Earth. Dolph Lundgren as He Man, Frank Langella as Skeletor. Only they have the powers to be. Masters of the Universe,
0: live the adventure. Well, that was uh, the Masters of the Universe and Raul, what's your first thoughts?
2: Uh, I I can't shake my head more, bro. Like, this is... This is... Oh, God. <laughs> like, so, it pains me. Yeah. It pains me w- what to pains see you? He-Man reduced to this horrible, horrible movie. <laughs> like, this was, like, on so many levels. It's They're innumerable. Like, you just... Uh, I mean...
1: Where do I begin? Um... Well, let's. <laughs> my favorite yeah. part is Raul has, has has failed really to complete a sentence. Yeah. He's so I'm str- so <laughs>
2: I'm so this this is shaking me to my core, man. I I can't
0: believe this. ah. Uh, uh, uh. Well, let's let's start at the beginning. Okay, so <laughs> the the big thing that strikes me in the very beginning, you, the movie starts. We're given some brief exposition that there's a castle called Grayskull and that. Whoever controls Gray Skull becomes a master of the universe. That's it. And for that's exposition. it. That's it for exposition. Now, what then happens is we are quickly introduced to about six or seven characters who are all like distinctly costumed, they each get lines. We know that, oh, these are important people. Well, introduction might be too strong of a
1: term for what we get for them. We we see them. Uh-huh. That's about it. Like, Skeletor walks into a room and you just, you're supposed to know who Skeletor is. You're supposed to know that the sorceress is super important to keeping He-Man, you know, juiced up and powerful. I do like that they jump to, like, she's already captured. We're not even going to deal with that. But we, the casual viewer won't even know who she is. Right. Now, jump to somewhere else on this planet. We don't know. There's a blonde man in a cape just
0: murdering stormtroopers <laughs> right. and they are definitely stormtroopers yeah. so th- this so he-man is like science fantasy it's a mix of tech
1: magic sword and sandals and well Home- the mo-
0: homoeroticism
1: a little of that and in this particular movie 80s rock
0: yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because apparently a synthesizer is the key to the universe. Apparently, that's how you get to Mars.
1: Yeah. Well, the, Elon the Musk is, is working
0: on it. <laughs> like He Man
2: is is like only mildly concerned with what's happening with the the whole Skeletor arriving. Yeah. He's
0: like, oh yeah, we should probably get on that. Yeah, like look what? And this is one of those things where like, so of all the like eighties toy, uh, you know, toys turned into properties to sell kids more toys. Uh, He-Man's the one where, like, I had a ton of the figures, but I don't think I really paid any attention to the cartoon. Like, it was not Mm -hmm. like Ninja, like, Ninja Turtles was my jam. Like, I could tell you anything about Ninja Turtles. Like, He-Man, like, I know the names of a bunch of the characters, and I remember which ones are bad guys or which ones are good guys, but... When there's stormtroopers running around shooting laser game, guns at each other, and He-Man has a laser gun that he's shooting at people, I was surprised. Because mm. I thought He-Man leaned a lot more on the fantasy end than this movie would lead you to believe. Yeah, like, yeah,
1: the sword seems a
2: bit useless. Uh, yeah, why? <laughs> why would you use a sword?
0: They have... Every single person in this movie has a gun. They all shoot lasers. Once or twice, He-Man does, like, deflect it lightsaber style. So it's like, okay, so He-Man's like a Jedi. And so this movie really is... It's like someone put Conan the Destroyer and Star Wars in a blender. that it's Conan the Destroyer, not Conan the Barbarian. The the shitty Conan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's it's the really bizarre Conan (laughs) mixed with Star Wars because... uh, Skeletor is a perfect kind of mix of Darth Vader and the Emperor. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got the hood and the scary face and the lightning powers. But then he also is, like, a, a, like, you get the sense that he's a warrior and he has, like, armor and, like, has this, like, the the Darth Vader stride, like, yeah. he's about to fuck shit up. And so, like, Skeletor's cool. Like, I liked, I liked Frank Langella's Skeletor. Yeah. Raul, you making a face? Why I just, do-
2: well, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's, a, I, I didn't completely hate him. But the thing is, is that like, I think they really kind of overdo it in the beginning. Like when he's got the, the staff, we're like, dink. Dink, dink. Oh, yeah. Like, can you get up to the throne already? Yeah. Can you? Can you just get there? Maybe start the scene as he sits down. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, I don't need to see the whole approach, buddy. Okay. You I know, get, like in the. Uh... I get this is your house. Yeah. I. Get this. <laughs> right. I, I
0: understand you live here. Okay. You know that in like the uh, stormtrooper in like the stormtrooper barracks, they're just like. Man, you know, like, Skeletor walks everywhere banging his staff really loud? Do you think he thinks that's cool? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know, man. <laughs> so He-Man and his friends man of war and Teela, uh, who we only know because they, they never refer to each other. They always have to refer to each other by name, so you remember, like, which action T- figure Tila gets
1: referred to by name. I don't think they refer to Man-At-Arms as Man-At-Arms until, oh, Man-At-Arms,
0: yeah. until like, Two-thirds so of the, of the man movie. At war. Oh, that's right.
1: <laughs> Men at War. He's a, he's a jellyfish.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they, yeah, so, and they, like, they just show up while He-Man's kicking some Stormtrooper butt. Yeah. And he's like, oh, hello, friends. And they're like, hello, He-Man. The movie is kind of set up like it's a sequel to the cartoon series. Like, we really hope you watch the cartoon series because it fills it in. And there's a lot of things that seem to indicate that maybe this TV show or this movie was supposed to end... The TV show? Because, like, several I, times, Skeletor and He-Man are talking to each other and are like, This shall be our final conflict. We've been fighting all our lives, He-Man. Yeah. And He-Man replies,
1: <laughs> To the, to the devil. Yeah. Like, in his weird, thick, Dolph lundgren accent.
0: So, He-Man... Okay, so it's a good thing that the, I, was, I w- thought it was really weird... Before we watch this movie, like why isn't this movie called He Man and the Masters of the Universe, right. like the TV show? And it's obvious because He Man is nowhere near the main character of this movie. No, uh, there's really isn't a main character, and if there is a main character, it is Skeletor. This is a movie about Skeletor trying to get his shit together, and he comes really close <laughs> several times. But like He Man's, I would not be surprised if he has less lines than Man at Arms has in this movie. He does. Yeah, like... He almost certainly does. Dol- Dolph Lundgren almost says nothing in this movie. He's well, just there to glisten.
1: Yeah. That's he all looks he, great. He looks like He-Man. He's a he, good He-Man. He he's a good He-Man. And he, like, you know, he's physically impressive. But it's it's a problem of substance. I think what they tried to do was, all right, we're going to make it relatable by setting it in, in middle America in the present So now we've added sword and sandals, magic, and technology, just put it in Middle America, and we're going to center it around Courtney Cox and the guy who would later be Tom Paris in Star Trek. I can't remember his name. And they're the most unlikable, annoying characters, but we're supposed to relate to them and use them to understand the world of He-Man. That's what's supposed to happen. What happened was crazy. Uh
2: I mean, I honestly, I was rooting for both of them to die. I <laughs> we, wanted Courtney Cox and that dude to die. Yeah. It never happened. They made it all the way to the
0: end. Yeah, and and right. Ha- spoiler And hilarious. they got
2: the marble <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> looking at the marble of... Yeah, we on, on the planet of Eternia where all of our fantastical characters live also lives Billy Barty. Oh, man, this is like the third or fourth Billy Barty do, vehicle we've got to uh, see. Do I
1: still love it,
0: uh, hero, I yeah, would say. Yeah, and I still love Billy Barty. Yeah. <laughs> he's so he's such a charming character actor.
1: <laughs> he he's great. The problem with Billy Barty and Frank Lagella for that matter, the the prosthetics and the makeup they put on them, their faces can't it doesn't register lip movement because it's and I you know, I think actually as rough and as poorly, as little money as I had, I think there's some good practical effects in here. Yeah. Um, and I do like some of the choices, but the prosthetics that they have in their face, the lips don't move. So Billy Barty is already difficult to understand because he's you know, got kind he of speaks. a lisp. Yeah. And, and so when you can't follow his mouth movements to help you understand what he's saying, it, it, good luck.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's over.
1: <laughs> Same thing with Frank Langella, who's trying to be menacing, but his mouth is just kind of slapping what open and close
0: yeah yeah what really struck me that so this movie's like 1987 so 10 years earlier in 1977 is when star wars came out a new Mm -hmm. hope and watching this movie the costumes and especially well the costumes not so much but the makeup effects are like noticeably lower quality than those that Mm -hmm. we were getting even in the very first star wars which Mm -hmm. had a Significantly smaller budget, I'd imagine, than He-Man, than Masters of the Universe had.
1: In the cantina scene, they did a really clever thing where, yeah, there's a ton of monsters in there, but they don't show anything full body. Right. They do close-ups, and you see just a thing turn, and that's all it does. In Empire, you have, like, the pack of bounty hunters, and I think that's the, the one-to-one ratio to give, because you've got that lizard guy, you've got Boba Fett, you've got a couple androids, and that's, like, a direct analogy for... Uh, the the mercenaries that we have in Masters of the Universe, which is hook handed snake face, uh, snaky uh, uh, beast, beast man, man. Mm.
0: and, and um, uh, uh, Nazi shredder, yeah, gleeful, gleeful Nazi, yeah, one eyed gleeful Nazi shredder. These
2: these char- I mean, that's the thing is these characters is just there's nothing. I mean, because when you look at, like, a character like Boba Fett, like, yeah. I mean, that, that that's silent, but, like, or, I mean, the guy who doesn't say much, but you're can tell like, that, that dude yeah. fuck shit up. He like, doesn't like, right. need to he, say anything. He's, yeah. he's going he's gonna to mess something up. These guys, I'm like, okay, this one has hairspray. And this <laughs> one is, like, this. Yeah. I, I don't get, like, hook hands.
1: I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right, so. What, is that what. He fishes well. Let me like, ask I don't you know. this, row. Like, is this. Because we all have those toys. Yeah. yeah. Is that where this movie falls down? It cannot compete with the action that you had with your action figures playing, you know, in, in play sets and things like that. Like, you were in it. You were having that happen. And this movie feels like it was probably a transcribe from a little boy's <laughs> session playing with toys. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that where, like, like, or is it just not I'm sure not that has well a lot done.
2: to do with it. I am just just because, you know, what... I I mean, I don't know. That's kind of difficult to say because at the same time, it's like you know, I, I don't. I don't hold Star Wars to that same same, same mm-hmm. standard. I mean, like, I mean, Rogue One. Sure, I've like envisioned like battles like that before, and that was all. I mean, but of course, that's done with modern technology. But I don't know, man. Like, I, all I know is this, this was this was a horrible two hours of my life, and it's just, well,
0: I just I, I hour forty five. Hour forty five. Yeah. To your point. Uh, I think one of the things that was disappointing about a lot of the fight sequences like was we had we were introduced to skeletor's minions and they uh while they don't look great they are each individually sort of interesting looking but they're not really doing a lot of the fighting it's mm-hmm. mostly a lot of generic black stormtroopers and they and they really do they don't exactly look like stormtroopers they look like those death star uh, people who activate the Death Star lasers. Flick the levers. Yeah, the flick Death the levers. <laughs> and and so it's a lot of He-Man fighting endless numbers of those, which is, like, boring. Yeah. And, like, the fight between Skeletor and He-Man when, as
1: Raul said, they were in the zone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like... The, uh, the the lights go out, the cameras, camera work gets real bad, and they just kind of flail at each other. Like... Skeletor is undone with a move that he blocks. Like, he, he right. blocks it and just loses balance and falls into a pit. Yeah, dies Forever. in Emperor-style. Yeah,
2: but falls, falls for, for a long. Yeah.
0: Like, they cut away. It's
2: like a minute, and then they go back. Still falling.
0: Oh. But we've already revealed, so Skeletor dies by falling imp, like Emperor-style into a pit. Then the credits rolls. And then after the credits, Skeletor's head appears out of a pink soup and says, I'll be back. And then they freeze on his face. <laughs> so it's very convenient that every single character in the universe speaks English. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And like, so no, no Eternians, I think that's what they're called. Sure. And uh, Earthlings have... Mm-hmm. have- even been in the same room really like they've stolen the fried chicken they i'm sorry audience listening to this who has no idea what happens in this movie you're just gonna have to deal with it because we didn't know when
0: it was happening yeah so good guys steal fried chicken yeah (laughs) so yeah so courtney cox is in this movie she and her boyfriend kevin are the two primary earthlings and this is like very young courtney cox and how like has Courtney Cox always had freckles or was was that they, makeup? She had them burned off probably at some point. <laughs> Courtney
1: Cox is really cute with freckles. Like, the, the money just burned off all the freckles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Dude, uh, but no, she, like, you forget how hot Courtney Cox was, like, back in the day. Like, it was this is funny, this is pre, um, it's like pre Ace Ventura, like, I mean, by probably a good seven years. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, something yeah. like that, yeah. Yeah, ways, but, uh yeah no I was like oh Courtney Cox
0: you're adorable so... you're cute as a button you? right at you yeah, just look
1: they covered her in denim and sent her out into danger that's just, what they did just, in this movie just run <laughs> just run
2: the whole movie just run and then run right into Dolph Lundgren and for some reason not be worried about that
1: right and they both speak English yeah yeah, yeah exactly. that was the weird part right I'm I'm where where are you okay I will take care of it and he just picks her up. Wraps her in his cape and just puts her in a box, like yeah. in the warehouse, and then has a sloppy fight with lizard people.
0: Right. Yeah, the good guys and bad guys get transported to Earth, Earthlings get caught up in the middle of their fight. There's a MacGuffin running around that's this synthesizer cosmic uh, key. It's the cosmic key. It's the cosmic key. Which is a really cool prop. That's sitting in someone's house, yeah. hopefully on a display case. Yeah, just rotating slowly. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that unleashes the power of music on yeah. the universe. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, right
0: there. And yeah, so Billy Barty has invented the cosmic key, even though he doesn't know exactly how to work it. So well, it depends t- on
1: what point of the movie we're in, he can either use it expertly, right? like, knows exactly where like where this cosmic key is going to send them, what time and place, to the point where Courtney Cox, like, at the end they get sent back to the exact moment where she can save her
0: parents. Yeah, apparently the cosmic key can also travel through time. They so, do introduce that at the beginning. But and if it can prefer- travel through time, why doesn't Skeletor just go, once
1: he has it, just go back in time and steal the... That's why the post credit scene is so important. He'll be back.
0: Oh, back so, in time.
1: <laughs> back to the future. <laughs> and that's the other thing. Is, is there two?
2: There's two of There's them? two.
1: There's so here's what I piece together in the little bit of exposition we get in the first scene. Where, where the first Gwildor scene. Uh, Skeletor had him build it for him. And the one that the heroes are running around with is the prototype that he built before that. So Skeletor doesn't know there's two. But Billy Barty's got it amongst his trunk of treasures.
2: But why do you need two? Because it's a, it's
1: a MacGuffin. It's a MacGuffin. I mean, and they immediately make it useless because they're like, "We'll use this to get into Castle Grayskull." And I, you think they use it to get in? I think they just walk
0: in. <laughs> like the like he's like like Billy Barty's house is right next door yeah, to the Castle Grayskull. they go into a tunnel. We don't know that. Just tunnel doesn't come out in the bathroom.
1: Hey <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I should really have my house fumigated for doors. (laughs) Their tunnels are all through the walls of this castle.
1: They're breeding, Evelyn. They're breeding.
2: They're making harmonicas that can take you to China.
0: (laughs) Well, I told you not to leave food out. <laughs>
1: I'm <am> hungry.
0: <laughs> well, you left out that bucket of fried chicken, and he got his weird claw device. Stole all of it. Oh, that's the other thing, the claw device. That... Yeah, Billy Barty's claw device, which is, uh, again, like a little deus ex machina. He, he basically, anytime he needs to solve anything, he points the claw device at it, and the claw shoots out and grabs whatever thing he needs at the... Right at the moment that he needs it.
2: We could only grab a plot.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like the the cosmic key was literally just created for the purposes of making delaying the final conflict between. He-Man and Skeletor, because as as Sean points out, it, the movie ends where it began, in Skeletor's throne room in Castle Greyskull, with He-Man and Skeletor squaring off, just like they were in the very beginning of the movie. The movie is itself a distraction from the story that is the conflict between yeah. He-Man and Skeletor. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there, yeah, there's literally about two pages,
1: like, of, uh, if you wrote out the story, it'd be like... Two pages, double spaced, and it's just describing a fight between He-Man and Skeletor, and them getting together and, and finally like it's get... one episode of He of He-Man. Not even. It's like <laughs> the last act of an episode of, of the the TV series. It's moot. It's completely moot. There's no reason to go to Earth. There's no re- they, like they basically the last five minutes of the movie they are literally in the same position they were before they go to Earth
0: with positions reversed, where yeah. now
1: it's Skeletor
0: who has the throne. Yeah. Um, in fact, yeah, they're in a worse position because now Skeletor is a god. Right, they should have never left Castle Grey's Gold in the first place because at least then Skeletor wasn't a god. Could you describe Skeletor's godlike powers or what makes him godly?
1: Uh, gold? Gold? <laughs> gold? <laughs> I love
2: gold! <laughs> he is um, He's golden, and he's got these big horns, and it's like he looks exactly like. Uh, I'm sorry, which.
0: Shao Mortal Kong. Kombat, uh, the, the Mortal Kombat character,
2: yeah, where he's, Shao like, Kong. yeah, like, where he's... Bad all guy the arms, from, the,
0: from Mortal Kombat, Dose, Yeah,
2: yeah, and so he looks just like that, but still pretty much the same, yeah. and uh, except, you know, he, because, wait, he turns orange and then he becomes gold, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, and so... He turns into an arcade uh, boss level. Right. When you're starting to beat the boss, they start flashing orange and pink. That's when he turns into a, like, what he does before he turns into a god. Right.
2: And and it's like, ew, okay, great. You're, he's, you're he's, gold now. He's
1: gold, and, like, he shoots gold, lightning out of his eyes and fingers. But it just kind of, like, he's nearly, and it just kind of shoves He-Man.
0: Like, when he gets hit by the power of a god, it just kind of pushes him back a little bit. Right. And that's, so that's the... Weird thing here is the most powerful we see Skeletor is when he's still just regular Skeletor because when the mercenaries come back saying sorry we didn't oh yeah he we didn't get Courtney Cox or the Cosmic Key he just goes all right I'm just gonna kill one of you at random and he just blasts Lizard Face evaporates he evaporates, and, him. He evaporates. <laughs> and then the other three henchmen are like oh Jesus Christ this guy Sasquatch means business. is like kissing his hand like please don't evaporate me <laughs> but I I will say that I will stick up for Frank Langella here in that I think there's so there's a moment towards the end of the movie where Skeletor's gonna win right he's got He-Man he's got He-Man's sword which apparently has the power although you wouldn't know because there's no exposition as to why He-Man's sword matters also,
1: He-Man with without sword there's no difference right uh, which but, ignores the whole thing in the show too the Prince Adam dynamic is an important thing it's like it's like a positive Hulk story <laughs> Right, <laughs> you know, you wouldn't like me when I'm feeling righteous.
0: Right, <laughs> right.
1: Right. Right. right, and and the,
2: the the what is that little thing that that Skeletor has where it's like it's perfect. He already has a placement for his uh, for He-Man's oh, yeah. He mans sword. Oh yeah, he just puts oh. it in it like like
0: just contains it perfectly. Yeah, I I'm really bummed that there wasn't more exposition because like watching this movie made me realize how little I remembered about He Man. Uh, because I was like, wait, Castle Greyskull isn't necessarily Skeletor's house. Like, well, he, Skeletor's Skeletor from... lives on Snake Mountain or whatever it is. Right. So, so Castle Skull So, there's a castle called Greyskull that looks like a villain's lair with a big skull out front, but it is not actually where the skull faced villain is from. Yeah. What? Why? Yeah. <laughs> Why I isn't Skeletor from too.
1: Skull Face Castle? Because that's where. Uh, good power lives. So it's actually
0: good guys live in the. Yeah, the, the sorceress skull. lives in the skull. Nice. <laughs> <Right.
2: laughs> it's, a, it's a good
0: skull. So what it's
1: good? It, it, it's
2: <laughs> like a really nice sad guy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's his it's, head. It's
1: it's Cary <laughs> Grant skull. It's, you know, he's a nice guy. You know,
2: inside, you go inside and you become his brains and his ideas, and then you know, and then and then we think of like stuff like freedom and goodness, and then you know, and then you know that's what we think about in Grayskull. He go. Going on some other stuff. <laughs> he's thinking some other bad things. He's just all about his gold and his horns, and, and you know his staff and his, and, and his other sword. He got he, and that's the other thing too is that that Skeletor has his own sword. Yeah. That he has he, his
0: own set, which comes out at the last possible second. Yeah. Like where's he been hiding that sword? <laughs> well, he's
1: had his staff the whole time. You know that he doesn't do anything with his staff either, except for clutch it.
0: And stomp on the ground yeah. very loudly when he walks. So it seems like because he now has He Man's sword in the in the stone that I guess it was meant to always be in, and he's also got his staff, which seemed important, that he's like, now I'm master of the universe. Right. And a hitherto unseen... He's also
1: been absorbing the power of uh, of the sorceress, turning her into an old lady. Right, now who is the sorceress? So the sorceress, again, I'm in the same boat with you, because A, I don't think there's that much to the mythos of He-Man. Okay. And B, I don't remember... Most of it. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't a lot of it to begin with, and what there is, I don't, don't remember. I don't know. I think so. The sorceress is kind of like. Uh, she's she's like the keeper of Grayskull. She lives in Grayskull. She, she's. He Man's sort of source of power is from there, and she she helps imbue him with it. But she can't leave Grayskull. She's stuck there. Um, she got no visa. All the time. Yeah. Not even she doesn't have her visa. <laughs> she doesn't have a visa. It's even it's... when
0: Skeletor isn't the king of. There.
1: Well, they're in Grey Skull. Like his right. throne room is but in like, Grey Skull.
0: So in the TV show, though, oh, was he always in Castle Grey Skull? Who Skeletor?
1: Well, Skeletor has never captured her. That's what happens in the beginning of this movie oh. before. Oh, so she's not like his constant prisoner in no, the TV show. No, no, oh, okay. So that's that's the plot point that they jumped. They, they just are like, he's captured her now.
0: Well, okay. So Shira is noticeably missing. Which, right. So Shira, who's essentially just the female. Yeah. Uh, um, version of He Man, she's nowhere to be seen, and I feel like when whenever this gets rebooted, inevitably there'll be a He Man movie. Probably Joel, like Joel Schumacher, will make it. Uh, <laughs> Michael Bay or Michael Bay, yeah. and um, so when Michael Bay makes He Man, I really feel like it would be cool if, in like the climactic battle sequence, if the hitherto unseen She Ra shows up and like. Totally kicks ass and saves the day. So that movie
1: will have exactly what we're complaining about this movie. An unestablished character does a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Who the hell is She-Ra? There's a comic series that came out this past year that brought together Thundercats and He-Man. And I actually... Mm, Oh, as if Eternia
0: and Thundara were in the same universe or something? But yeah, you should do like a
1: crossover. Thundercats... He Man, Shira, just call it Toys the movie,
0: right? And, and just have it happen. Oh, that would be kind of badass if, like, you
2: the Toy Cinematic
0: Universe. Yeah, the Toy. Yeah, version. yeah, like if cause, call it the Toy. Because if Mattel, <laughs> if Mattel owns all of them. Yeah. Like, I wonder who owns Mattel. Like, surely at this point, because everything, because this all of our anti tr- Mattel. <laughs> yeah, all of our antitrust laws are gone. So surely Mattel is owned by like Disney or yeah, Warner by Brothers Con. or something. Yeah. <laughs> so whoever owns. The toy, yeah, I fully support the idea that the. So, that G.I. Joe and He Man and She Ra and Thundercats all exist in the same so universe. So,
1: Susan uh, Viacom, if you're listening, uh, we would like a Thundercats, uh, Mr. Potato Head. No, who other toys?
0: Sure, throw Mr. Potato Head yeah. in there. Oh my uh, gosh, what he's... if there's a planet filled with potato headed people? Oh my god. <laughs> I think
1: Pixar's got the potato heads. Oh, <laughs> it could be, oh, think, oh
0: yeah, Viacom yeah, yeah. owns them too. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> you, you own like, like, everything. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It could be like uh, the Lego movie, where there's just all these different worlds yeah. crossing over, because maybe the idea of Masters of the Universe should be expanded to cover the all universe. of these. Because it's the universe. So, like, you know, the Masters of the Universe are not just She-Ra and He-Man and Skeletor. They are also Lion-O, and yeah. they are also the <laughs> Mr. Potato Head, and they are Voltron. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm
1: into this. Damn, that's mad Yeah. That's... But the idea of a remake... Of He-Man, uh, I how, would, think how would you, you go do about
2: Skeletor? Him? I don't
0: know. They, like you, do you think CGI for Skeletor? Or uh,
1: I would say no, but I mean,
0: this Ooh, is your this is no. your. No. Well, well, what would you recommend? In like, did you like the makeup that Frank Langella had? It grew on me.
1: I think it should be a guy who like he starts out normal. And at some point, he rips
0: his own face off. Oh, like a Red Skull style in, yeah. in Captain America. Yeah.
2: I think that that CGI would probably be the cleanest way to go ahead and do it. I mean, just because it's like you've, you've got guys like at ILM, you know, work, working that. I think that probably is going to look sick. Then, then He-Man. He-Man who, who is... Who plays
0: He-Man in your reboot? Mm. Because if I'm going... So, okay, I'm really hooked on this idea about combining all the toys into one universe, and then... I feel like you'd be given some leeway to make it funny, like the Lego movie is. Because then, like, I just want The Rock to play He-Man, but he has to have the blonde Bob wig on. (laughs) can you imagine the rock with his like fucking huge pecs running around with a blonde bob on like i have the power i just
2: uh, my only thing is is that the rock gets every role like that like it's just like we there needs to be another option
1: is there there's gotta be somebody else i mean i would go like chris hemsworth but he's already thor and that's the same character yeah, right. and, but I find him so charming and The Rock is super charming too I, uh, not to take away from The Rock um, uh, alright let's just cast this movie alright <laughs> right. He-Man we'll, we'll stick with The Rock uh, yeah I like The Rock for he alright <laughs> who's, uh, who's Lion-O oh li- okay I've already got Idris Elba as uh, Panther.
0: Panthro Panthro yeah right Chitara's is like Charlize Theron. Oh now, yeah. yeah, but see, now we're just casting the Thundercats movie. Can, I feel like if we're going casting... to circle back around. <laughs> Wait, so who does the voice of? Okay, so this is something I don't know that I. W- I think I liked that Frank Langella did not do the Skeletor voice. Oh yeah, although I feel like so if nice. I was a kid watching this, I think I'd be really confused. Like, why doesn't Skeletor sound like Skeletor? He was
1: obviously Skeletor. Like, he was undeniably Skeletor. He was still, like, kind of sassy. He still kind of had... I wasn't wrong. He is sassy. He is sassy. He's, like, giving little, like, flicks off with his finger. He's telling uh, uh, Evil Lynn just to, you know, go pound
0: salt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, without saying it, but... Well, who's, who is your Skeletor at your reboot? Oh... Like, I feel like you, if you're going to go with, like, the dark, menacing voice, like, the thing that I've always thought is, when I was young, I was really disappointed that Peter Cushing didn't play Skeletor, because oh, I feel like, great. I mean, oh, he, like, that's... he died shortly after, uh, like, he would have died before this movie came out. But, like, the, with that, like, hollow skull face of his, I feel like he's already primed to be well, Skeletor. Well, I mean, in that
1: same tone, like, uh, uh, Christopher, um, Christopher Lee would have been great. Yeah. Frank Langella took over Dracula or after Christopher Lee. So, I mean, like, there is kind of a weird tradition that's happened there. Gary Oldman. It's my pick. Ooh, Gary mm. Oldman.
0: I like Gary Oldman. You know, an old enough Oldman is a Skeletor.
1: Yeah. He doesn't even need the makeup. He doesn't even need your CG. Oh, well, hey, I'm sorry
2: that offends you so badly. Yeah. But, uh, but I was rethinking the Lionel thing. Uh, you know how I would if I can go back if I could go back to like like uh like fight club days. Like I want like Brad Pitt Fight Club to be Lionel. Like that would be that would be pretty pretty That's
0: awesome. Can you imagine a universe in which Brad Pitt would be like, Yeah, I'll be Lionel in a yeah. <laughs> movie?
1: Yeah, actually I can. I, I think he would totally he do would it. He would rock it. He would be so good. That would be so good. Tell you what, throw that guy a couple mil, he's in.
0: Yeah. yeah. But back to he man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's kind of telling. I think it's pretty telling that We're thinking about now other properties instead of this because this movie was a really big letdown. Yeah. And I thought it was a big letdown, especially around the premise of this podcast. Like, we were nostalgic for He-Man. And not only did we not really get get a cohesive thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there was all the side story that wasn't really a story. I felt like we were all just waiting for something to happen all the yeah. time.
2: I mean, the biggest thing I think that like really contributes to it is is the setting. Like, if you, you put it, you put it on Earth, and that's not what you sign up. Totally, for. you want to be like in Eternia. You want to go. So it, it seems they like, no, Eternia is too expensive. Yeah. No,
0: no, certainly, yeah. My arms are tired. <laughs> I can't do another map painting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like if I did. Speaking of that reboot, if I did a reboot where it was just He Man and we just are yeah. doing a reboot of hey man the entire movie has to take place on Eternia yeah there's Even no if humans. we brought in the
1: Thundercats
0: we would not go to earth right like, no, <laughs> no. no no because like earth doesn't matter and in fact bringing earth and like Courtney Cox into this like really lowered the stakes mm-hmm. for me because here we have a I will say that this movie did imbue itself with like Skeletor's throne room and the way Langella plays Skeletor and the kind of dialogue that he says really does imbue this sense of like like cosmic power like Mm -hmm. they are so far beyond our concepts of what reality is like they're talking about like insane like psychedelic concepts about like power over all things and then when you have a a woman there in a blue jean jacket and sneakers. It's like, oh no, okay, never oh, mind. We're on a sound. Bedding st- gown, right? And like <laughs> we're in this. We're in a sound stage now. I mean, yeah. we're in a sound stage. I've. I've I don't think now that we're in a
1: yeah, uh, a and then her boyfriend room. shows up in his killer van <clears> and <throat> like, come on! Th- literally, the first time we meet Courtney, who Cox, have chicken? Yeah, who have chicken? Courtney Cox so works in a fried <laughs> chicken restaurant, and in our introduction to her, she gets more exposition than all of Eternia. We know more about her than we know about He Man. Yeah, it's exactly what you said, Marshall. Mm-hmm. This movie is not a He Man movie. So if we go to see a He Man movie, and all we get is the relationship between Courtney Cox and her boyfriend Kevin and then Billy Barty kind of, like, spicing up a little bit of fun, the most we get from the He-Man universe is Skeletor. We don't care about He-Man,
2: right? Yeah, and the (laughs) thing that really bugs me about He-Man in this movie is the fact that he's so... Reactive. Like yeah. everything happens to him. Like yeah. he doesn't totally. drive the action. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh, this happens, so we better go here.
1: This, oh, so we got the, the thing, MacGuffin's over here, uh, we he, better yeah, go there. They, his plans are even short sighted, and yeah,
0: yeah, he's not. All of his fights are fights that come to him rather yeah. than him going to it. And even at the end, he has a chance to kill. Skeletor and end this madness, which has threatened now two planets and and killed tons of people and the entire universe. He has a chance to kill him, and then he still waits for Skeletor to get up and attack him one more time, and then, like, through Skeletor's own overswing, he falls into the pit. Yeah. Like, He He Man does no nothing to drive the plot
1: in his own movie he's not heroic to the levels of like a superman where he feels responsible for everybody like it's fine if there's not like a threat to him because there really isn't like there's like the the same way there's no threat to superman like the guy's immortal sure maybe somebody might get an upper hand on him but his flaw and the thing that makes him interesting is the responsibility he feels we didn't get that we didn't get a He-Man, like a Prince Adam He-Man, where he's weak, and he wants to be more, and he wants to do more, and He-Man allows him to do that, but he can only tap into it sometimes. We didn't get that.
2: That's the other thing, is that the sword was how he tapped into it, right? Like, if he was, if Skeletor just, like, stole the sword, right, yeah.
1: then Prince Adam has no means to go ahead That and... would be my reboot. The yeah. opening of the movie, Skeletor steals the sword, He-Man has to sort of find his, like and that would be a fine 80s movie like he's trying to find his way he the you know the strength was in you the whole time Adam yeah thanks Quildor uh you know and Quildor's also played by Malcolm <coughs> McDowell You're
0: but, a bum, yeah. you know, and, Quil, and Quildor is a character from the TV I, show I think so
1: is he the guy in the hat
0: Orco is the. That's that. Orco oh. and so that's yeah I remembered Orco and so I thought oh is Billy Barty Orco because I thought oh So no they just made up another character They just character. made up another character instead of using the character who is like He Man's a little advisor Yoda character. Yeah. No, we don't need that.
1: <laughs> yeah, Let's let's get a a, a a gremlin that shoots water out of his ears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's weird moments of comedy in that too that just did the movie had tonal issues, but we don't need to get into yeah. that. It's a mess before you even get to that.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Well, let's go to our our titular question, uh as if as if we don't already know, but alert. But... Noel Garcia, do I still love it? No. That is a definite
2: negative, sir. No, I'm sorry. Negative.
0: Stand-in co-host Sean George. I'm going to speak for Laura, based on what
1: I saw. Yeah. How? What Would Laura still love it? <laughs> uh, I think Laura would probably still love it. She'd probably be like, you know what, Marshall? We're going to watch this every night over dinner, and uh, we're going to have a good time. But she's not here, so... In, uh filling in, I have to say I want to love it. I I wanted because I'm also a big Canon Films fan, like I like Schlock. And I want I wanted a big laser gun fantasy movie that worked. And all the pieces were there in terms of, of production design to at least make this work. It was just it hung on nothing. And I just can't I just there's nothing to love. And that's what makes me sad. I, I want to love this so much. I love the campy performance by Frank Langella. I love how Dolph Lundgren looks. And it just, oh, I'm like, guys, just give me it. and it just, it's, it's disappointing.
0: Yeah, totally. I, I also wish I could love it because, yeah, there's, there's several times where, like, he, like, Dolph Lundgren, we get a full shot of him, like, you know, raising his sword up or fighting something, and I'm like, Dolph Lundgren looks like He-Man. That Mm. costume design looks great, and he doesn't look stupid wearing it. And it's a stupid-looking costume. It's just a loincloth with bandoliers and shoulder pads. Like, he he looks sort of like a leather slave. (laughs) But it sort of works, and you buy that, yeah, he's a cosmic barbarian from another planet. And, like, the characters for Man-at-Arms and Tila, like, they're not... Like, they look the part. Yeah. And, but they're not doing anything. Nobody does anything in this movie. The sad part is it's a movie filled with all these aliens, and it's boring. Yeah. It was really boring. Um all right, well, uh, I'd like to thank uh, our, my special guest. First first time having double guests for Guy's Night, I'd like to thank Raul Garcia. Raul.
2: Absolutely.
0: Do you uh, have any projects coming up uh, that you'd like to...
2: Uh, I will actually be uh, performing uh, in the uh, in the production of Hispanic Attack on the 23rd over at the Second City. And so uh, mm-hmm. that will be cool coming out. The, in the Hollywood, show is like 8 California. o'clock. Yeah, 8 o'clock, Second City.
0: I highly recommend it. I've gotten to see Hispanic Attack a couple times, and it's a funny and entirely Latino uh, cast doing Absolutely. lots of funny. Latino related humor and sketches it's
2: yeah oh it's it, it touches on all sorts of great themes and and it's uh it's it's fun in all the right ways and so um if you guys can make it out eight o'clock you know like uh it's you know second city this friday coming up it's gonna be a good time and they're gonna be swords and lasers i i wish man i i wish but I still have them, so if you okay. would like to go ahead and Play with the the lightsabers. I might, go- be, I might be over your house. <laughs> later. Don't worry, they're still there, man. We still got them.
0: <laughs> uh- and uh, are there going to be there going to be more shows of Hispanic attack throughout? Yes, the summer? Yes,
2: yes, yes. i be, uh,
0: I believe it's extended
2: through another couple yes, months. Sweet.
0: So. so check it out on uh, the Second City Hollywood's website for tickets. I also want to thank uh, Taking on Special Duties Day, my co-host Sean George. Thanks. Thank Sean. you. I hope I uh, I hope I did service and justice to the position. Hmm. If people want to find uh, your stuff, just uh, go Sean. to uh,
1: www.hecklerfilms.com. You can see what's going on with me, see some of uh, some of my material, movies, shorts, the whole gamut.
0: Great. Hecklerfilms.com. And uh, if you want to find out anything about the podcast you're listening to, Do I Still Love It? We are all over the internet at Do I Still Love It? And uh, definitely come and check us out at i was told to mention on the air for anybody who is a listener who hasn't gone to the website or the facebook page i make a movie poster for every movie that we've reviewed so please come check it out i put the uh the faces of all the guests on uh the poster it's a good time i'm excited for this oh,
1: one very i nice. wonder
0: which one you're I, to I, be. i'm like please do not make me the little orc thing like <laughs> oh no I'll, i want to be billy Barty. Oh. okay great oh man Uh, so great Uh, so I want to thank you guys again thank you uh, Raul and Sean for being on this week's Do I Still Love It? thank you guys for listening please get on to iTunes or the Google Play Store rate and review us and share the podcast with a friend Uh, and until next time this is Marshall James saying I have